0: On May 3rd, Politico broke the story that the U.S. Supreme Court is ready to strike down Roe v. Wade. Roe v. Wade was a 1973 Supreme Court case that legally permitted abortion in every American state. The potential striking down of Roe has triggered rabid, wild-eyed leftist activists into a fury. Some footage of these people looks like a scene out of The Exorcist. They can't handle the idea that states will decide the fate of abortion. Their rage is fueling vandalism, arson, and intimidation. Abortion terrorists are destroying pro-life help centers, disturbing church services, and showing up to the homes of Supreme Court judges. But despite the media optics, isn't it telling that in 2022, with the law on the chopping block, they don't even have the votes to codify abortion through Congress? That's because, despite what you see on TV, there are still enough reasonable Americans who oppose this horrendous practice. Stay tuned for more, and before you go, please like, subscribe, and hit the notification bell. It really helps out the channel. I'm Paul Dragu, and in this episode of Freedom is the Cure, we'll be discussing abortion. My guest today is Rebecca Terrell, a senior editor at The New American. Thank you for joining me, Rebecca.
1: Thank you, Paul. It's good to be here.
0: So, Rebecca, this uh, leaked decision draft has given pro-lifers hope and it's provided yet another trigger for a section of our society that continues to become insane more by the day. What reactions from the anti-lifers are most concerning to you and is anything that's happening surprising? Well, of course, the most
1: concerning thing is the violence, but no, it's not surprising. Their entire message is one of violence. It's let's kill babies. But they really are like children throwing tantrums. They're not getting what they want. But what they're not thinking is the long term or even short term, how can this activity possibly advance their cause? Their attacks are as illogical as Roe v. Wade itself. Um, What they're doing is paying themselves Uh, in a very negative light and putting the spotlight on pro-life activists who are now all over media in interviews um, about the attacks that they're receiving. And the pro-life activists are reacting with grace and dignity. They're calling for prayer for their attackers, but they're also remaining resolute with the message that any attacks only strengthen their resolve to keep up the fight. Um, But I wanna step back for a moment and talk about the message of these activists who are showing up at the Supreme Court Justice's homes, who are vandalizing and bombing churches and pro-life organizations. First of all, it's absolute hypocrisy. These pro-death activists demand personal privacy when it comes to abortion, but they're willing and eager to violate personal privacy when private property, and, and private property when it comes to attacking their opponents. Also, their message is not just that they want to legalize abortion. What they're really saying is they want the so-called right to maintain a promiscuous lifestyle, whether inside marriage or outside marriage. They want to have sex without having children. It's a vile and a gross demand for complete Immorality and licentiousness. It is a direct violation of God's law because God created the Marital Act for the purpose of procreation and education of children. And that is the reason for the sacrament of marriage. Also, these activists are lying. Keep abortion safe and legal is a lie. Killing babies is obviously not safe for the babies, but it is also extremely dangerous for the moms. It's hazardous physically. It can temporarily or permanently scar a woman. It can even prevent a woman from ever being able to have more children. It is also tremendously mentally and emotionally scarring. God puts in a mother the natural instinct to protect her offspring. It's not like a haircut where you go in and you get something chopped off and you come out good as new. Nobody walks out of an abortion clinic without severe emotional scarring. And speaking of that, we need to pause here and state that we're gonna be talking about some very sensitive issues today. There are women in our audience who have gone through this horrific experience and we need to be sensitive to them. I'd just like to to mention that if you're listening to this broadcast and you've undergone this trauma, just be advised that we're going to be dealing with these issues. We're not condemning you. We're praying for you. And there are recourses that you could have for, for healing, So, but we are going to be showing some graphic images and talking about graphic things. One other thing that I would love to point out, I don't like using the language of the left. I don't even like the name abortion. So people say, what's in a name? This is a very important name because it's not like we're in a rocket ship about to take off and all of a sudden, oh, something went wrong. Houston, we have a problem, abort, abort. No, this isn't something that hasn't begun yet. This is a life that has begun. If you don't want to have a child, the time you need to be saying abort, abort is before conception not after it and we know this is true because of science i remember something i learned years ago in nursing school and the minute i read this in my nursing textbook i immediately thought well there's the answer to whether life begins at conception and this is it within moments of conception that new little life forms a protective protein casing around it and without that the mother's immune system would reject and expel what it sees as foreign matter. Your immune system is always looking out for potential infectious agents and cancers, and it's always getting rid of those. And then more recently in in 2012, um, researchers at the New York University School of Medicine discovered even further information that backs this up. Once that embryo implants in the uterine wall, the mother's immune system fails to react normally. We know that when someone has a kidney transplant or a heart transplant, they have to spend the rest of their life their lives taking uh, immune suppressing drugs but in the case of pregnancy the mother's immune system automatically shuts itself down or really more accurately the decidua that forms around the fetus and placenta doesn't allow immune cells to attack it's a genetic coding that the mother goes through inside that protective barrier it deactivates the immune response and this genetic modification is temporary. It only lasts as long as the pregnancy. It's not a permanent gene mutation in the mother. If anything goes wrong uh, with this process, that's when moms can miscarry. So people are not understanding what, what abortion is doing. Abortion is killing a new individual life. No matter, you can call it embryo, you can call it fetus, you can call it infant, it's killing a life
0: well what do you say to those who say well it's not a life until i guess some point when i was a reporter in montana i covered some of the bills that were going through the legislature this was after trump had nominated some of the justices we have now and there was a renewed invigoration and hope that what seems to be happening now was actually going to happen and so i heard testimony uh, one, one, one bill was surrounding what's called a 20 week, it was a 20 week ban. And they were making the case that by then, you know, the baby can feel and whatnot. Um, is there any justification uh, as far as you see? And, and, you know, you had mentioned you were a nurse. I totally forgot to mention that in my, in my, I, I apologize in my opening. I, I kind of, I think that gives obviously more gravitas to your, to your, uh, to your, your stances and whatnot. Did you see anything as a nurse related to this or were you not really, you weren't in that realm of nursing?
1: Just, just during school, I did, I did assist in NICU and I assisted, you know, in clinicals, but um, I loved, I loved that work. I did also turn down a job offer one time because it was in uh, an OBGYN's office and I would have to assist with birth control. And I told them I couldn't do that. And it was, it was rather sad because uh, the, the woman who was interviewing me said, well, we have several Catholic doctors in our practice and they don't have a problem with it. And that just made me so, so very sad because there is absolutely no justification in any situation for uh, abortion. And believe me, every single birth control method brings about an abortion birth control does not prevent conception. Birth control contains abortifacients and brings about abortions. There is no justification for abortion in any case, this decades old hackneyed exception that says abortion should be illegal except in cases where the life of the mother is in jeopardy. These don't hold water. In medicine, practitioners are always supposed to try to do no harm. That is a line from the original Hippocratic Oath. It does not say first do no harm. It just says, I will do no harm. The Hippocratic Oath also, the original also says, I will not give a woman a pessier to uh, bring about abortion. It says those words specifically. Now the Greeks were pagans. They, um, they took this oath and made it to pagan gods of the Greek religion and even then, Back then, 400 B.C. was when Hippocrates practiced uh, all even pagan cultures acknowledged that abortion is murder. The objective of any medical procedure is supposed to be to save lives, not to mm-hmm. take one life to save another. This excuse of taking the baby's life to save the mother's life, it doesn't hold water. When doctors and nurses or or even midwives, when they lose a mother or a baby or, or both, it's not because they didn't try to save both. Except for abortionists, they would never take a life to spare another. Of course, there's also the argument in cases of rape and incest. Those arguments aren't any good either. Why should innocent babies have to pay the price for these crimes? You're only adding one hideous evil on top of another. And here's why. And this is why I think this is something that we don't talk about enough when we when we talk about abortion we desperately need to describe exactly what abortion is and so many people have have done a good job of showing pictures of the results of abortion and we, we know that we have these brave women in Washington DC who on March 25th recovered the bodies of aborted babies. Some were in the first trimester, some second, some in the final trimesters and some even w- showing evidence that they were born alive and killed after they were born. But these are the methods. I just want to read this to you real quickly. And this came up because when COVID was going on, um, I was advised by an attorney to set myself to, to establish a uh, history with my uh, in my own personal documentation that I am against any vaccination having that deals with aborted that is developed along aborted fetal lines. And so I wrote out a description of what happens in any of these abortions. Just if you'll oblige me, I'm going to read just these few things. Um, First of all, the first kind of and each of these just each of these methods just vie with each other as their savagery and brutality. The first one is suction aspiration. The murder inserts a vacuum hose with a cutting edge into the mother's womb. And that cutting edge dismembers the baby. I'm sorry to, to get emotional here, but this is, it actually dismembers the baby. Another method, dilation and curatage. The murderer inserts a knife into the mother's womb and cuts the baby into pieces. The body parts are then removed from the mother's womb. We saw this in the movie The Silent Scream in the 1980s when ultrasound technology was able to show this baby fighting for his life against this method of abortion. Another one similar is called dilation and extraction. This happens later in the pregnancy. It's also called partial birth abortion. The murderer inserts forceps into the mother's womb, grabs the baby's feet, pulls him out except for the head, jams a pair of scissors into the back of the baby's head, spreads the scissors to make a hole in the baby's skull, and then he sticks a suction tube into the skull to suck the baby's brains out. The murderer then crushes the baby's skull with the forceps and rips his lifeless body out of the womb. Another one, dilation and evacuation. The murderer uses forceps to tear the baby apart and crushes the skull and then removes the body parts from the mother's womb. The others, these are medical abortions. These are chemical abortions where the murderer inserts chemicals into the mother's womb. Number one, uh, RU486 is it will starve the baby to death. Um, Methotrexate is a poison which excruciatingly attacks the life support systems in the baby's body. Uh, Salt is used. It causes a slow death by dehydration, brain hemorrhage, skin burns, and convulsions. And then another one is prostaglandins, which cause violent premature labor that painfully crushes the helpless infant. And I have not mentioned either the, the fact that sometimes babies are born alive and then they are killed outside the mother's womb there's even a procedure called the hysterotomy which is technically means removing a growth from a uterus uh, where the murderer performs a cesarean section on the mother and uh removes the baby from the womb and kills it outside the womb
0: so we need is that kind of like the term i've heard the term like people say that they survived abortion is that is that where that fits in
1: Yes. Sorry about that. Sorry about that phone. It's okay. This happens. We we know that this happens. For instance, the um, the activists in Washington, D.C., uh, one of them went to the Washington Surgery Clinic some time ago and pretended she was pregnant. She was pretended to be asking the doctor there about Um having an abortion. And he described to her, she was pretending to be concerned. What if I've heard that babies can be born alive. Am I going to be saddled with a baby, even though I've already paid you for an abortion? And he assures her, no, if they're born alive, I take care of them. I, I kill them. So this happens. We know this happens. He's not the only one. Uh, we know from the Is that story- legal None of this should be legal, but no, it's not legal in the term, in the sense that you're talking about. We know um, this happened. Kermit Grosnell um, is serving life in prison because of this. He was an abortionist, I believe, in in Pennsylvania or New Jersey, up in in the Northeast, and um, it, it was because of a whistleblower on his staff, and we need more whistleblowers like that. We need more people to come out and say, this is what is happening in these clinics, because it's certainly not, it's not in anyone's best interest, especially, it's not in any of us, all of us, should have a vested interest in this because this is child sacrifice. We look down our noses at the brutal savages in the central in Central America who used to engage in t- child sacrifice as part of their religious rituals. We have 61 million plus babies accounted for. It, who have been brutally murdered since 1973, when Roe v. Wade supposedly made abortion legal in this country? Um, those are the only the ones who are accounted for, because and that's mostly Planned Parenthood numbers, because Planned Planned Parenthood gets so much tax money for uh, to uh, carry out this brutality um, on our nation's most vulnerable, most innocent children, mm-hmm. um, and so. We are talking, and then if you if you lump in you know, all of the abortions that happen all the time, women taking, uh, for instance, the birth control pill, they think that they are preventing conception. They are not. They are simply damaging their uterine lining. Again, this is not without multiple victims. Um, the, the woman is a victim too. She is damaging her uterine lining so the baby cannot implant in the uterine lining, and he passes out with the next menstrual period. Um, but that is a baby. So women on birth control pills are, um, if they are sexually active are conceiving and aborting all the time.
0: Well, I'd, I'd say that, that that's, uh, obviously there are different layers of what, where people, that's part of the debate where people think what is and what is not abortion. Um, uh, I, I don't know if I've heard, I guess I've kind of heard that one, but you know, you talked a lot about the medical professionals, um, I mean, do you have a a feel of like, how does this, uh, how do they feel about this? I mean, obviously, there's some people out there performing these things. I I, I don't know what I kind of want to ask. I guess I kind of want to ask is it's like, these are medical professionals, and you had mentioned the Hippocratic Oath and whatnot. How can they do that? You know, I mean, you mentioned these procedures, and and, and it sounds like a lot with a lot of these procedures, it's clear what it is. I would think most of them they are how could you know how do how do people in the medical profession do you even have a gauge is that something you can answer i guess the, how they feel about this that this happens is, is there is, is as divisive is the medical professional uh, profession as divisive on this topic as say the rest of the world or the rest of the country is
1: I, I don't know. I, I can't answer for anyone else. Of course, any of us, you know, how can any of us sin, uh, if if you really think about it. Um, and we do know that some abortionists have have converted. They've seen the light. Um, I I can't imagine doing it myself, but I think a lot of it has to do with a lack of education. Um, like for instance, the, the list that I just read of the medical procedures that bring about these murders. Uh, I don't think people understand the brutality that's involved in.
0: Well, those people do. I guess I'm asking about those people, the ones who are involved right. to some degree, or at least have been, or know if anyone should know or have some degree of knowledge of the brutality it should be those right. people. Like, right. How- I,
1: I don't, I, I just, I'm not sure. Maybe it's money. Maybe I i know that abortionists make a lot of money. Yeah. That probably plays a role. I, I simply, I, I don't know. I can't answer that.
0: I guess I'm just stumped that, you know, you can, you can do that to a life and you pull it out and there it is. It's like lifeless because of, yeah. of what you did. It just seems like a very strange thing for, for someone who takes an oath to do no harm to mm-hmm. do, because it seems like you're doing exactly the opposite you know my wife told me a story some time ago she was in a meeting or some sort of uh, I guess they were talking about abortion or something related and whatnot and she was just floored how uh how callous and how how matter how just uh, uh, casually they spoke about it like yeah yeah i have you know i've had two i've had one whatever you know and they, it really was about convenience and it, it just seemed like they weren't even talking about uh what we're talking about which is a life and and i think that speaks to now again i don't talk a, a lot about about this you know where everyone is in my camp and there's in our camp it's like we don't you know but that seems to be like a major thing because the way The way it seems like leftist media makes it, it, it's always about everything is about incest or something really, really, really extreme.
1: An anomaly. They talk about anomalies to justify this. And like you said, people talk about it like, oh, I've had one, I've had two. I don't think that they really knew what 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 has gone on, now the doctors do. And we know these ladies who, uh, who recovered these aborted babies in Washington, D.C. in March, um, even the first trimester babies, you can see these little hands, these little feet, you can see these disemboweled bodies these the drawn and quartered and bodies but you see these really these whole body parts even of these first trimester babies i do not understand how these doctors who do this and see this every single day i i don't understand how they can how they can yeah
0: do it. let's switch gears a little bit now now this looks like this might be actually happening and uh, mm-hmm. I had I had said or something I put up I I don't know social media post saying something to the degree that if this happens this might just be the best thing that's ever happened in my in, in my lifetime. Um, does this is this inspiring? I mean, we live in such a chaotic world, and, and depending on what your lens is, you could you could look around, and you could say, man, things are really falling apart, even worse. Um, does this does this inspire? I would think people like us and who are always fighting for something like. This can't, I mean, this is a movement, the, the pro-life movement has been going on, obviously, for generations since 1973, and it's never stopped.
1: Mm-hmm.
0: Uh, and it's really, really, it seems really aspiring to, to me, you know, as, as part of the John Birch Society, we, we have so many things that we try to tackle. And sometimes it's hard to get people to keep going. It's like, this is how the fight is. There's, you got to keep it up because there's, there's got to be a light at the other side. T- the way I look at it is we have no choice. We have no choice but to fight for freedom, and I, I think I would think the pro-life people, who I would many may make the argument, they have even a bigger fight or even more important fight because I think it's more important the lives of those babies. I, actually, I don't want to put them whatever, but uh, is this inspiring to the pro-life movement?
1: I believe and, and it others? is. Yes, nat- naturally it is. It's good to see that this is this is coming about. Um, in and I don't mean to I'm pl- playing a little bit of devil's advocate here. I, I'm. I kind of see it taking – when Ron Paul was in office, he introduced and reintroduced a bill called We the People to restrict judicial activism. And this bill simply, simply reemphasized the constitutional restraints on the Supreme Court. Um, it has been in the purview of the United States Congress to, since 1973 and before, to have protected us from this um they're really the ones who have uh, i think this takes the spotlight off of of the congress um that they should have long ago acted on this Mm -hmm. um and it also it seems to reinforce this idea that the supreme court is this untouchable body that can dictate law no matter what It, it doesn't have any restraints on it um that um we, we have to do whatever the Supreme court says. Yeah. You know, it, basically the Supreme court is this oligarchy and now we have, um, more right-wing justices on the Supreme court. So whew, now we can get rid of Roe at least for a time. No, this is not what the constitution says Congress and actually the states too have, have, and always have had the power to reign in and out of control judiciary. And I see this as a little bit of just continuing to play that same game of, oh, the Supreme Court is this oligarchy that gets to dictate what we can and can't do. And that's not true. Uh, we need Congress to step up and do something like Ron Paul's We the People Bill, um, rein, reinstate the Constitution and recapture um, the Supreme Court into its constitutional bounds. Yeah.
0: Yeah. Well, speaking of that, one of the arguments is that, and I've heard it on right-wing media, is that this should have been a decision that should have been left to the states. I take some issue with that because it's like, if this is murder, and we agree this is murder, it's unconstitutional regardless, right? Right. You know, right. and, and that, I think that's a, that's a poison way to look at it, you know, in right-wing media and, and right-wing pundits, that's part of the problem. Is that right. they would think that no, no, this should be left up to the states. No, no, no. We already have murder illegal in all the states. It's like that's I, I I don't I just I don't like that argument. But that's something that that we're seeing we're seeing now. And I guess, you know, when when you're looking at the fact that it's it's legal in all states, maybe it's somewhat better to at least leave the states to decide individually if they want to make it uh, uh, make it legal. So you mentioned Planned Parenthood. Um, they they contribute to most of the of the abortions, right? And they do so in these poor neighborhoods. Uh, again, the ironies of ironies is, is the government and the leftists always claim uh, that everything everything whatever the right wing stratosphere plans to do is against you know minorities and people and vulnerable people. When it's exactly uh, exactly what they're doing. Uh, let's talk about the founder of Planned Parenthood. Uh, what was her reasoning for founding uh, and wanting abortions to be uh, to be widespread?
1: Well, you are talking about someone who was not shy. I mean, she was openly racist. She openly wanted eugenics. She wanted uh, racial cleansing. She wanted to get rid of the black, brown, and yellow babies of the world. And she was not shy about st- stating that. We, we know that. Yeah, Margaret um, Sanger, saying, right? Right, Margaret Sanger and um you know she has uh her apostles like the late justice ruth Bader ginsburg who explained that roe v wade was all about getting rid of populations we don't want to have too many of she said that in uh an interview in the late 1970s after roe v wade had already wreaked its havoc on this country for several
0: years and um And that's what's happened. The people, the babies who have been, they've mostly been black and brown babies. Is that correct? Do we have a stat too?
1: You know, I don't know those specific statistics, but like you said, these Planned Parenthood clinics do tend to be in, in neighborhoods and in areas that are more populated by the black, brown and yellow people. And, um, but I'm not saying that, that white people aren't targeted too. We've got to remember now the whole, all of society is targeted. With abortion not just the unborn children because we have two or three generations now that have been born into our society that gauges whether a life can be snuffed out based on its usefulness or its viability you know and we'll get back to that word viability too we yeah. can talk about that and how it's misused in roe v wade but by the same argument that they use for abortion there's there should be no objection to suicide it's my body it's my right or euthanasia, or doing away with those deemed to be a drain on society. Say, you know, if you have Down syndrome, or if you, if you're if you're uh, handicapped in some way, think about how many people during COVID lockdowns were deemed non-essential. Right. And while businesses were shut down right and left, and you were even encouraged to stay away from the emergency room unless you had COVID, the abortion mills never closed their doors—not once. Mm-hmm. And so we have this whole mentality of how useful is a person? Um, Hillary Clinton called about a quarter of Americans the basket of deplorables. You know, these are all, this is, abortion is just one part of this larger depopulation agenda of the eugenicists who have, you know, Malthusians. Uh, these are, Margaret Sanger was just one of many. So yeah. but she has yeah, I know I I looked up before before we met here, I looked up in 2017 alone, Planned Parenthood got five hundred forty-three point seven million dollars in taxpayer subsidies, primarily funneled through Medicaid. And you know, we talk about that Medicaid, these would be the people that you want to get rid of.
0: That's obviously part of the trend here. Do you see any any correlation between uh our view on the on on life via abortion and this the the Democratic platform now that is basically uh, erasing the lines uh, between the, in the in, within the definition of humanity. You know, now that we have this insanity, this transgender construct or anything, do you see any connection with that uh, between that and what what you just said? Uh,
1: absolutely, absolutely. There uh, again you're classified not based on the fact that god created you and therefore you have inherent uh, an inherent value you're classified basically on your economic utility and and that is a that is the whole um philosophy behind marxism so this is just a natural progression into marxism for our country
0: wow well, I, I look at it as also um, it's anti God in the sense that they're always working to defile and to mitigate the meaning of humanity. And you know, I it sounds like you kinda know your scripture and it's like we know that, that it says that man and women are is made in God's image. Right. And so so, you know, first of all when you devalue when when you take the most vulnerable and you, you say, it's it's not valuable, we can snuff out its life. And now you're starting to say, it's like, well, man doesn't have to be man. And the way God, you know, made you doesn't have to whatever. You can be whatever and you could be, what what is a gender fluid? I think that's a thing where now it's like, you don't even have to be a particular gender. It's all right. an attack and, and, and we're losing what I think is the beauty of, of humanity. You know, I have, I have a family, I have a, I have a wife and I have a son and whatnot. And, and I look at them and it's just, it's just so amazing. And, and my wife's got three kids and like, she talks about how even the moment they came out of the womb, they reacted differently. Like they were yes. already so unique. She remembers how each and one, each one of them reacted differently. Her firstborn looked around, and she was she wasn't necessarily crying, and she was like, "What is this?" and whatnot. Her secondborn <laughs> came out, and he was the same he is today. He's a little grumpy and whatnot. He's like, ah, you know, you didn't like anything. And and uh, the third <laughs> one, you know, he he was a little different on the side because he he was just very very curious, and there was no crying or anything. They they were kind of wondering about him too, and so it's like. There's so much that you can look and you say that's innate. That's there's got to be a God, and I think that's yes. that's part of it. It's, it's Marxism is obviously anti-God. You read the short Communist Manifesto, everything goes. There's a there's a line in there about how they want to destroy derail the the Western. I believe they call it the Western family structure. I don't know why they yes. call it that because you could find the the basic God uh, Godly family structure in the in the Middle East. You could find it in Asia and whatnot. It's 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 pretty typical. It's pretty. I think
1: what- Western is pretty synonymous with, with Christendom, oh, with Christianity. Yeah,
0: that's, you know, uh, that's,
1: that's it's rather a synonymous, too. But, you know, adding to what you've said, you know, the same people who scream for abortion are aghast at Nazi atrocities and or they would never think of euthanizing a feral cat.
0: For instance. <laughs> You're right. Oh, that's so twisted. Right. So and also
1: I think it's very interesting too. Um in, in cases of crime, if a pregnant woman is killed, uh the um accused will be um will be charged with two charged, crimes charged charged with two crimes, charged with two murders because um of her unborn baby. Yeah. Um how does that sync with with Roe v. Wade? You know?
0: Yeah, yeah. But, they never consolidated the two, did they? That they never married the two
1: right exactly and and you know it was it was roe v wade that set up this ambiguous metric of viability before that there was never a, there was never a debate over you know if a baby's viable or not you know unless a baby can survive outside the womb it's not entitled to a right to life because it's not a real baby yet that a first grader could tell you the problems with that argument
0: you yeah. know let's say
1: a viable baby is born Mm-hmm. You don't just set it down and say, okay, now will go live, run along, be free. You know, it's going to die without the proper care and nutrition. So again, whatever you want to call it, an embryo, a fetus, an infant, whatever term you want to use, that new life still needs support and nutrition in order to stay alive. Yeah. And anybody who's ever taken care of a newborn knows that just like your wife, just like you just said, I mean, a, a newborn baby can't do anything for himself. Whether he's what Roe, what Roe defines as viable or not
0: do you know anything about how how comparable our laws our abortion laws as they are now are to other countries i've i've read it or heard somewhere that only like north korea and china have as 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 fatal abortion laws as we do isn't that tell is that true does that sound true and is that isn't that telling if it is
1: it, it absolutely is true. And it goes back to the my my argument before about this is just this is Marxism in practice. This is communism in practice, but mm. putting, putting, engaging people only on the basis of their economic utility. Um, you have to remember, too, uh, we helped craft China's one child policy. The United States did that.
0: Really? So we're partially
1: responsible for all those abortions, too. Yes, it was actually the Bush family. They they had a, a huge part in all of that uh, in crafting China's one child policy. So um, and that's a that's another topic for another day that we could we could spend another thirty minutes on or more. So you know those sixty one million abortions that I that I said have occurred since nineteen seventy three. Again, those are only abortions that have occurred within Planned Parenthood clinics. That's probably not even the half of it. And if you count the role that we've played in China and in setting up these in helping to set up these uh, communist countries around the world with, with foreign aid and with military aid, Uh, how we are so responsible for all that. And God will not be mocked forever. This, these, these murders, we know, This this goes back to that original, the first lie. You will be like gods, like you were saying, and now you can even choose your gender. That's the that's like the original lie. But we have to remember too, the very first murder was fratricide. Cain murdered Abel, and when God came to Cain and said, "Where is your brother?" and Cain tried to sidestep him, God said, "Your brother's bloods cry to me from the ground." He did not say blood. He said, Bloods was plural because it was not just Abel. It was Abel's progeny who cried to God for vengeance.
0: Let's finish with this because what can women who are in that tough situation, because that's how they appeal to them. What can they do? Because I don't think that there's enough talk about that. You know, Uh, Mm -hmm. we're we're pro-life and that means... You know after it's out what can they do if they find themselves in a situation uh they're pregnant uh, they're they're in a, you know whatever uh, you know it's a tough situation and we know what all that can be w- where can right. they go what what would you suggest to, to those who are like okay fine you made your point but what do i do
1: the progressive anti-abortion uprising and they are made up of people who are very far left politically but they will reach out they will adopt your babies um i know I have a friend, actually. I I go and and demonstrate at abortion clinics and um, pray outside abortion clinics, offer to adopt babies for girls who are going into the abortion clinic. Um, I have a friend, one of, one of the young mothers actually took him up on that. He convinced her. He said, I will adopt your baby. I will pay for everything. I will adopt your baby. And she agreed, and that went through. And now her baby has lived and is now uh, an adult, because that, that happened years ago. But um, that he made it possible for that young life to continue and to become a, whole, a, a full adult, um, because that mother made that nine-month sacrifice. It's only nine months. Mm-hmm. And uh, adoption is a beautiful, beautiful option. And it protects not only the baby, but it, it protects that young mother who is going to be traumatized for the rest of her life if she chooses death for her child.
0: Yeah, we didn't even really touch on that. There's so many stories of what that does. I mean, you did actually, you know, but I feel like we could have, we could have really gone into the trauma that this, I mean, there's just a long line of women who are traumatized who, after going through that, Rebecca, I want to thank you so much. Like you said, we could probably keep going on and on, but uh, we're going to wrap it up. And thank you so much for, for sharing your thoughts on this and, and, and your passion and. And uh, hopefully, uh, you know, we've, we've done some good with this. And, and did you want to rattle off any organizations or anything like that or that we can include uh, as far as you had mentioned one is uh, and, you know, where where people can go? Maybe their their local church may have some resources or at least direct them in. Anything you want to add to that? And then we'll wrap it up.
1: You know, the, any Catholic church is going to have an outreach that helps uh, pregnant mothers. Um, any... Uh, the Southern Baptists are, are extremely pro-life. Um, I like to point people to the American Life League. They have wonderful resources available. Um, it's all.org. Uh, you have National Right to Life. You have the Eagle Forum. You, anybody who wants to reach out to any of these organizations, all you have to do is send an email. You will get help. The people involved in these organizations only want what's good for you and your baby. So do not hesitate, do not, you, will, you are not friendless, you are not homeless, we will help you.
0: Thank you so much Rebecca, thank you. Here at the JBS, we don't have any anti-abortion campaigns, but we have plenty centered on freedom. And we always talk about how we as a people need to obey our governing documents. The Declaration of Independence says, we hold these truths to be self-evident, that all men are created equal that they are endowed by their creator with certain unalienable rights, that among these are life, liberty, and the pursuit of happiness. Life is a God-given right. When it is extinguished, that violates the unalienable right of the most vulnerable of beings. So tell your federal representatives to vote no on any pro-abortion bill. And when it comes to your state legislators, tell them to vote no to any pro-abortion bills that might come across their desk. And always make sure to elect representatives, state and federal, who respect life, so we can continue making inroads in this crucial battle. Thank you for watching. So please like, subscribe, and hit the notification bell to keep content like this coming. And remember that whatever the societal problem, freedom is the cure.